Hey guys, I know so many of you out there are struggling. I see all these posts in the wildlife Facebook groups. People join my own getting a job in wildlife biology Facebook group and I always reach out to them and ask them what they're struggling with. So I know it is tough out there to get a job. There is so much more competition than, than there used to be and the requirements have changed. So I am doing something that I have never done before. If you are sick and tired of not having a job in wildlife biology, if you've been applying and applying and applying and can't get anything, or if you are training for a job in wildlife and you're scared, you're seeing all these posts like me, and you want to be as competitive as possible, then you are going to want in on this four-day workshop that I am doing for the very first time. It is it is the Getting Job, a Job in Wildlife Biology workshop. I know, very creative title. And over four nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, starting June 6th, I am going to be condensing and sharing with you the four most important things to be competitive in wildlife biology careers. And this also pertains to ecology, conservation biology, zoology, all of the ologies. But I say wildlife biology because it's easier to just choose and say one. So you are going to learn about lots of amazing tips. There's going to be four days. They're going to be um, packed with information for me based on my own experience, based on my students' experience, and then also you're going to have workshop-type exercises to do. So little homework assignments or things that we might do during the lives um, that are going to help you out immediately. So this is all free. You can go over to fancyscientist.com and get yourself signed up or on the wait list. Not sure what's going to be when this airs. And you will then be on the list with information about this free workshop. I worked with several people. Well, actually, I haven't worked with them, but they even got jobs just by talking to me. So you're definitely not going to want to miss this out. If you can't come live, just still get yourself signed up and you'll be able to catch the re- So for today's podcast, as a lead up to that workshop, which I'm super excited about, I thought it would be great to talk about the biggest mistakes that I see that people do when they are trying to get a job, when they're going for a job. So these mistakes, they are going to range from more large-scale picture mistakes to some more nitty-gritty mistakes that you can easily fix. So no matter where you are in your career, if you are are just at the very beginning stages or if you are applying for jobs and really frustrated and crying and punching pillows, get those emotions out there. Then you're going to want to listen to this episode in addition to joining the workshop. I am super excited to talk to you guys because now I've talked to over 100 people, honestly, probably even like 200 people about their struggles in getting jobs. So uh, let's roll the intro credits and then we'll go ahead and get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. 
we need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. These are the top nine mistakes that I see people do who are struggling to get jobs in wildlife biology, ecology, conservation biology, zoology, all of these similar fields. And they are in no particular order. They're just in the order that I thought of them. So maybe as we move through the mistakes, I'll comment about how important they are, how heavy they are. So let's just get right into it. So the first mistake is focusing on school and classes, especially over experiences. This is a big mistake. So many people think your school is important. And in fact, somebody wrote this on the Wildlife Science Career Network Facebook group the other day. This is a group that I think has 35,000 people now. And they asked, how important is your school? And this is something that I don't really get asked how important is school, but people assume it's really important. And, you know, it makes sense. You're taught to get a degree and your education is training. And that's what it seems like will allow you to get a job, will make you competitive for a job. And the truth is, is what I comment on the, the, the Facebook group post, is that it doesn't matter at all. There's very, very rare exceptions. Maybe if you're going into more academic positions, they will care if you're at an Ivy League school or something like that, but I have never heard about the school mattering at all. What is way more important is your experience. And this is where school may play a role because if you are at a school that has a professor whose research you really want to get involved in, then you can work or volunteer in that lab and that can give you great experience. But it's not the school itself. It is the experience. A lot of people make the mistake of spending a lot of money going into a lot of debt to get these great fancy degrees in specialized fields. My degrees were all in biological sciences. Nobody nobody cares except for, well, I, sh I should always say except for because there's always exceptions. There might be some state agency positions that care exactly what your degree is in but it's all about the classes that you take to meet certain job requirements. So if you're interested in government jobs, then you will definitely need coursework like botany. But the school itself really doesn't matter. Experience is so much more important than schools. And going along with this, so many people make the mistake of focusing on classes. So when they're doing things like applying for jobs, they put their classes on resumes and emphasize this. And again, people don't care about this. Like it's great you took a class, that means you have some book knowledge, but if you're going to the field, it doesn't say anything about, you know, how hard you work in the field, whether if something goes wrong, you'd be able to handle it. Would you complain a lot? All of those things. Most of the things with these very entry level jobs, um, 
you'll be learning. And well, they do want people with experience, so it's best to get that experience. So even, and even in your classes, if you have, um, I'm gonna put this in quotation marks, experience in your classes, like if you did small mammal trapping and stuff, that doesn't really count. They want experience on volunteer positions or jobs. The number two mistake that I see, I see this all the time, is people going at this career by being a generalist. They, I've actually heard people say this, saying that if I get experience in all these different things, it can't not help me. It sure can not help you. And again, I know this sounds super crazy, but the thing is, is that jobs almost always go to the person who has the most experience. So if you are applying for a job and you have, let's say you have six different jobs and they're in six different things and each of those jobs is like a half a year long, you're going to have six months experience in each one of those things. But if you really like understand what you want to do, say like you're super interested in like telemetry work or you're you're really interested in herps or, or, or salmon or I don't know, something specific and you get your jobs to have similar background in work, then when you apply for that job, then you will have essentially three years of experience rather than six months of experience. So general usually doesn't help you. Specialized, and I don't mean special, yeah, specialized helps you more. It doesn't have to be super specific, but if you can, if you know what you want to do and concentrate your experiences in that area, then, then that is so much better. A lot of people say, they have this phrase, like when I ask them, like, what's your dream job or what do you ultimately want to be? They'll be like, oh, I'll take whatever I can get. Well, if you have that attitude, you're not going to get anything because you're going to be a jack of all trades and an expert at nothing. This is what happened to me. I was good at a lot of different things, but I didn't have a certain area that like I truly loved and therefore find this area and as early as you can during the career uh, workshop, during the getting a job in wildlife biology workshop, I will teach you how to do this. So make sure you join. And the earlier you can find out, the more specific you can find out, and even by like job place, even job type obviously, but job place too, like in what I mean by job place is like different organizations, they can vary in terms of what they want in terms of skills and education and experience. The next one is kind of similar, and it is going from job to job without any direction. Now, when you're beginning, you definitely were not going to be picky and you're going to take, honestly, whatever job you can get. That is definitely true. You're not going to be like, oh, well, I'm, I have my dream job here and I'm going to go down this certain path. No, you need to get the real wheels running. You need to start getting some experience. So my first experience was working in a flower beetle lab at the University of Buffalo. It was an ecology lab, but really we were studying like sexual selection. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with conservation biology or certainly wildlife. I mean, I know flower beetles are wildlife, but I wanted to study like the big African mammals. So very different. 
but you got to start somewhere. And the flower beetle lab, I did all of these uh, gels, I did PCRs, and that gave me tons of lab work experience. So then when I applied for a job at Disney and Disney's Animal Kingdom doing animal behavior, I didn't get the animal behavior position, but they thought I would be great for a reproductive biology intern. So I got that job because of all that lab work experience I had, and that was one of the best jobs I've ever had. But once you start get getting going and you know or you're able to get jobs, what happens then is people just bounce around from job to job, and they let their jobs choose their direction. So they don't have a north star. They don't have they don't have an idea exactly of what they want to do and they use these temporary jobs and internships and stuff to figure out what they want to do. But a lot of times they don't result in much clarity because there's so many options out there and how many how many tech positions, how many internships are you going to take? Even if you take a lot, let's say you do it for years, and you have like eight or something, I mean, there's like thousands of job types out there. So it's really not the best way to go about doing things. It's really important for you to be intentional and to understand what the end result is. The fourth biggest mistake, this is one I talk about all the time, it is not looking at the job boards now. This is, this is actually probably my biggest tip. Look at the job boards now so that you know what the jobs out there want. What I really think a lot of people are doing that's a mistake in terms of this is not even knowing if their job that they want really exists. And honestly, I kind of did this too. Like people would ask me what I wanted to be and I would say either like something involving outreach or research. And when I talk to people, a lot of them talk about wanting something that involves outreach and research and usually something else. I can't remember what else, but maybe field work. I know that's like similar to research though. But, but somebody I remember had like three specific things and jobs like that don't really exist. Usually you have a research job with a touch of outreach. So you will be giving public talks or maybe even have some like programs that stem off of your research, but you're going to be mostly doing research. And then there are going to be outreach positions and outreach positions, they don't really do research. Yes, they might help collecting data and things like that from time to time, or there might be ones that hybrid that have these hybrid options, but they're really, really so look to see if the job that you want actually exists. And this happened to me in that I got my PhD in elephants and I wanted to do research, but I didn't want to have an academic job. I didn't want to be a professor. So yeah, there are jobs out there that are not in academia that involve elephant research. Like you can get zoo jobs, but they are rare. So, which is fine. It's fine if you know that going in, but I didn't know that going in. And if I did, I would have changed my research topic to be something that could have, that have, could have, that could have applied a lot more to lots of different uh, job types. So make sure that the job that you want is, and understand what do you need to get it. That's another thing that people um, 
don't do. And nobody teaches you to do this. But a lot of people talk about they're looking at the job boards and these entry-level jobs are asking for experience, like stakeholder experience and stuff like that. And they're like, how, how do I, I don't have that experience and I need a job to get that experience. So in the workshop, we will talk about experience. That's one of um, the main things on day two, I believe, if I don't change things around, because this is the first time I'm doing it. Um, I'm going to talk about the two E's, which are education and experience. So experience is huge, huge, huge. We'll talk a lot about that in the workshop. Number five, not knowing how to write a cover letter or a resume. Long gone are the days where you could just write a cover letter, like a good cover letter or a good resume. Lots of people out there have okay or good ones. You cannot do that anymore. You have to have great ones. You have to just show you are perfect for the job, that you're amazing, an amazing candidate, and they would they should be like dying in this job for real like this is the kind of language and and you're not going to say it that way I I'm really good at making it sound professional but that's the kind of emotion you want to explain and people aren't taught how to do that if you go for resume help at colleges a lot of times they know how to make like businessy resumes but they don't know how to make wildlife resumes even if you were to hire a professional resume writer I bet they would not write you a good resume for wildlife because this career is different than the others. So people don't take the time to flush out their experiences, to really do the resume and cover letter research to write a compelling one. On the last day of the workshop, we're talking about job applications. So you will get some great tips, my meatiest tips, the heaviest tips, the most important tips to uh, change and improve your resume and cover. Number six is, oh, I love this one. I'm looking at my notes. Listening to people who haven't graduated for advice. Don't do this. I see this, and this most applies, I mean, I guess it can apply when you're talking to your friends and stuff, but I see this a lot on the Wildlife Sciences uh, Career Network Facebook group. People will ask questions, and then people will respond, and the people who are responding are still in school. So they have no idea what it's like to land a job or to be on the job market. So you have no idea if their advice is good or not. And this is true for graduate students too, unless they're giving you advice about how to get into graduate school. But graduate students, I've seen them give terrible advice because they don't know they don't know what, what it's like to be on the job market. They haven't they haven't got a job yet. So if you take advice from somebody, make sure to look at their profile to see if they have a job or if they've had jobs. Usually they're going to look older or that I've been shocked. I've talked to people in this field and they're like late 30s and they look like in their early 20s. So so you can't always judge the picture. but And I I say that because with Facebook, sometimes they don't list all of their, their positions and stuff. But try, take advice from people who have jobs. And then on the flip side of that, be really cautious and super skeptical of people who are giving you advice who've been in this field for a very long I remember I was listening to this one episode of Ologies and one of the the scientists who was giving advice career advice he got his PhD in the 70s 
And his advice was so, 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 so out of date. Like what he was saying, totally not going to get you a job nowadays. Yeah, back back then when he was looking for a job, I'm sure it did. But now things are completely different. Be skeptical of professors' advice, honestly, because they, I've heard this again and again and again from students, they don't know the jobs out there. They know academic jobs, they know how to get a job in academia, so if you want to get a professor job, then sure, definitely listen to them. But if you're trying to get a job in the government, nonprofits, zoos, museums, places like that, then do not listen to them. Instead, ask people who have jobs in those fields. Ideally, people who have been working there with with less experience, honestly, because they have been on the job market more recently. So they are experiencing, or they have experienced what it is currently like as opposed to somebody who's been in a government job for like 40 years. Another mistake, let's go to, we have three more. Mistake number seven waiting until in-person events to network. This is again so, so huge. Experience is number one in getting jobs. Network is number two. Networking can sometimes overcome experience, although in my experience it hasn't. I had four jobs where I actually was already working with the people who interviewed me, and in all four cases I lost out to somebody who had more experience. So networking didn't work for me, and but but yeah, I have heard of people getting jobs because of networking, and it's still super important. So definitely, definitely network. And in the workshop on day, I think it's day three, we're going to talk all about networking. But people think networking just happens in person. And with COVID, I would talk to people, and they're like, oh, I haven't been networking because of COVID. COVID canceled everything. No, there is so more networking can be done online than in person. It is so much easier. And if you like a lot of people think networking is hard, networking is is not hard. And I am actually I am actually am introverted. So I I am a social person, but I'm a social person not because it came to me naturally. I actually read this book a long, long time ago when I was like 15 years old. I think my dad had it and it was just like laying around. And I I, th- I really think it was like one summer or something and I was bored and it was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I, I saw the book and I was like, okay, I'm going to read it. And I read the book and it changed my life. It really did. And from that point on forward, I knew the key is to being social. And, and it's not hard. It really isn't hard. So get that get that out of your head. Networking is easy. Networking is fun, especially when you do it online because, because yeah, like you don't have to like quote unquote put yourself out there energetically with the talking and engaging. You can just send some messages. So it is great. So that is a huge mistake. Don't wait for in-person events. Start networking right now. Start networking today. When you do the workshop, we are going to network right. Number eight, Spending, this kind of goes with number one, spending lots of money for expensive schools and then along with that pay to play programs or opportunities or like study abroad research type thingies. So like I mentioned, experience is important. So if you're if you're really wealthy, if you have a lot of money, you don't need to worry about this as much. Honestly, like people talk about how this field is only for the wealthy, almost Everyone I knew, 
very rare exceptions or like I, I can only think of maybe like a couple of people who they weren't even wealthy, but they were just like normal. But everyone else in grad school, thinking about all my jobs, they weren't wealthy at all. They came they came from not wealthy families. They came from poor families. So so this career doesn't make a ton of money. So it's a big mistake to spend a lot of money in your undergrad because like I said in number one, school doesn't matter. What's more important is that you focus on experience. So I went to the cheapest school that I could get into by accident when I because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know I wanted to be a wildlife biologist at this point. I hardly paid anything for for undergrad because I got a scholarship. I stayed at home with my parents. I didn't dorm. I didn't have the college experience. For the longest time, I regretted it. But I am so happy that I, I saved all of that money. And, and yeah, if you are going to invest money, I think it is so much better to invest in experiences because ex- a lot of experiences, unfortunately, don't pay. So they're volunteer experiences. And if you are going to dip into savings or take on any loans or anything like that, it is much cheaper to do so for experiences than it is for four years of college. So look at costs with schools. That is huge. And with the pay-to-play experiences, if there are any sort of trainings abroad, be very, very skeptical of those. Now, they can be totally fun. Like, it can be so fun to go to South Africa and learn how to track wildlife using telemetry and things like that. But those things are not going to get you jobs. Here's why. Because they are really short usually. So usually it's like a month in the field and they want to teach you all these different things. So maybe you'll do a week of tracking. And that's just, it's just more like of being in school. It's not, it's not good experience. And then like I had this one, and again, it's also like, what do you want to do as well? Like do, are those experiences that you're paying for going to get the jobs that, that you want? I had this one person who was interested in an elephant research experience that was $3,000, but if that's not going to help you get the job that you ultimately want, if you if you don't want to work in well, elephants, then unless you're working in another, it was on social structure and things like that, unless you're working on another fission fusion system, it just doesn't make sense to do that. But if you want to go, if you want to have fun, if you want to see elephants, then yes, absolutely do it. I'm not against it, but I'm just saying don't expect it to help you get a job. It is much better for you to get a job locally. It's a much better investment and lots of times it's a better experience as well. The only exceptions are if you want to do international research. So for me, I I didn't know it at the time, but I did end up working on forest elephants. I was always attracted to international wildlife. I had did study abroad in Kenya, and then I went back for a year to do an internship in Kenya. It wasn't a research internship. I worked for the School for Field Studies as an intern, but my intern was more on study abroad, the management of the program, but just the sim- but just simply the fact that I lived in Kenya for a year in a remote field station. And then also I was able to help out one of the wildlife professors with writing papers. That's what really got me into grad school and helped and, and it also convinced my professor that I was ready to work internationally for a project. So if that is something that you want to do, then yes, you might want to do some of those experiences, but 
do ones where you're doing research and not getting trained as much. You don't want more school. You want to get the experience. And the last one, only relying on the job boards. So many people make this mistake. They act like that's the only way you can get a job. Or this is especially true for experience. So a lot of people, they don't post experiences to job boards. So for me at the museum, I was like overwhelmed all the time. I had so much work to do. So I never really had time to like sit down and do a job posting or do a volunteer posting and put it on the website. I I did apply for grants to get paid positions for, for interns and volunteers, but I was only able to secure one of them, in which case I wrote a form post but I always had work to do and people would just email me and say they were interested in helping me with my research or they would email my advisor and then my advisor would put them in contact with me and they were able to work with me and I understand a lot of people are upset about unpaid internships or unpaid experiences and they say that people don't value those who don't receive pay, nothing could be farther from the truth. I valued anyone who worked with me immensely, and I made sure they had professional development and mentor. So I know not everyone does that, but just because it's not a compensation doesn't mean there isn't a value exchange. And I also gave my 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 students, my mentees, the people who worked with me, opportunities to do things like 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 work on publications. So I've had several undergrads co-author publications. I would love to pay everyone, but there was never any money for me to. So so yeah. So those are the biggest mistakes. Let me just actually finish a little bit more. Number nine, only relying on the job boards. This ties into the networking one, which is number seven. So start reaching out to people now. We will do that in the workshop. There is going to be, like I said, little homework assignments. So one of them is going to be to reach out to people. And it's not going to be scary. It's going to be fun. We're going to do it together. It's going to be a challenge. Like a, like a challenge in quotation marks. Like a career challenge. I debated calling this a challenge to like challenge to... Um, like maximize your career, up-level your career, or workshop. People seem to like workshop better. But I'm going to challenge you too. Okay, guys. So thank you so much for watching. I will see you in the workshop. I know you're going to sign up. Just go to fancyscientist.com. Head over to the menu bar, and it's right at the top, getting a job in wildlife biology workshop. See you soon, guys. Have an amazing day and be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. I haven't said that in a while. I forgot about that tagline, but I like it. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, care about wildlife, care about conservation, or know somebody who is interested in going into wildlife biology careers, please share this episode. You can also rate and review my podcast that really helps people find it. My goal is to spread messages of conservation and kindness for wildlife and to help people navigate wildlife biology careers. Rating and reviewing my podcast really helps other people find it. 
If you have questions or show ideas, you can find me at fancyscientist.com. My social media handles are at fancyscientist. On Instagram, there's an underscore between fancy and scientist. You can also send an email to hello at fancyscientist.com. If you're an aspiring wildlife biologist, ecologist, or zoologist, you can join me every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Facebook Live, where I answer different career questions. You can also ask me questions on the spot. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I am so grateful for you. I hope you have an amazing day. Be kind to animals and be kind to each other.